Yes or no? Do you believe nicotine is not addictive? I believe nicotine is not addictive, yes. Congressman, cigarettes and nicotine clearly do not meet the classic definitions of addiction. I don't believe that nicotine or our products are addictive. I believe nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. Hi, everyone. This is Luke Niferatos. Thanks again for joining us for our second episode of the Drug Report podcast. Thank you so much to all of you who listened in and have been uh, subscribing. Again, check out thedrugreport.org, thedrugreport.org for all the news. You can sign up for our email newsletter as well um, to get our uh, right now biweekly, but excuse me, twice per week uh, email newsletter of some of the the news in the uh, drug policy field that we're uh, watching. Hopefully we'll get that even to possibly five days a week. We'll see. Uh, But be sure to subscribe there. Also check out learnaboutsam.org and gooddrugpolicy.org for the work of our two organizations that are sponsoring this podcast, uh, SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, as well as Foundation for Drug Policy Solutions. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into some of the news that's leading uh, our email newsletter you're going to receive tomorrow uh, from The Drug Report. And I wanted to really highlight two stories that uh, jumped out at me. First one is uh, there's a big write-up in the New Yorker um, that uh, just was released that talks about just the absolute failure of the New York marijuana market. And this isn't news for anyone who's been following marijuana legalization across the country. Uh, State after state has legalized marijuana with the promise of getting rid of the black market and regulating everything. And that has just turned to be a total farce um, state after state, Colorado, Oregon, Um, You look at states like Oklahoma with medical marijuana. It's just been a disaster everywhere you look. Um, So the New Yorker covers a lot of what's going on in New York. There's very few licensed legal dispensaries. There are thousands of illegal pot shops that are being allowed, by the way, to lease office space, lease uh, space for their dispensaries, even though they're not licensed, um, which I think is very interesting. And I think there needs to be a crackdown on the landlords who are renting these spaces out to companies that are not in compliance with state or federal law, for that matter. Uh, but that's you know neither here nor there. That's just one aspect of this. But this, this write-up is really good. There's a great quote from this write-up uh, in New Yorker. It says, um, in nearly every state where marijuana has been decriminalized or legalized, legalization has been followed by an upswing in illegal activity. Um, and so, you know, that I just think really, you know, really shows what is going on when you, we, we legalize. So definitely check out the article. It's called Legal Weed in New York was going to be a revolution. What happened? Um, definitely recommend you, you read that article. The person who wrote it's not necessarily, uh, you know, unbiased on weed. It seems like they may even use weed themselves, but um, some good uh, information there. Uh, the second story that's driving our newsletter tomorrow is uh, this, uh, the rise of Kratom. Uh, or Kratom, however you want to say it. Um, I Hopefully, folks in the drug policy space are watching this substance, but essentially it's now got some you know gray market stores in places like Colorado, where I'm from, where you can literally buy Kratom there. Uh, it's totally unregulated in, in most of the country. This is a substance that, again, same playbook as marijuana. It's being pitched as a solution to all of society's ills and medical and whatever else. Uh, but it's a substance that you can actually overdose on it's got a morphine-like effect if you use it in high doses, which obviously is, is what's happening. Um, and there's been news just in the last several months that hundreds of people in Florida, for example, have died from Kratom overdoses. So this is a very powerful and dangerous drug. 
It should have been scheduled. There's a whole interesting backstory on why it was not scheduled at the federal level, but that rule was put forward by DEA a couple of years ago. Um, it was ultimately not done. Uh, I'm hopeful that it will, it will be scheduled at some point because it's very dangerous. It should not be out there for the public to consume and uh, for folks to get their hands on. But now we're looking at a state of Kentucky. This is the new story we're, we're focusing on as local in, in Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky looks like they are moving forward uh, through their legislature right now to try to regulate, quote unquote, regulate, uh, whatever that means, uh, and legalize the sale of Kratom uh, there. And I think a lot of that's being backed by the American Kratom Association, which is a very kind of undercover of night entity that has been lobbying very secretively in a lot of state capitals to try to get their little substance that nobody in America really knows anything about, uh, Kratom, which I think we're going to, uh, a lot more people are going to know about soon, uh, to try to get legalized and regulated before um, you know science can catch up. So anyway, those two stories are uh, some of the highlights from this upcoming newsletter, definitely read it uh, when you get it to your inboxes tomorrow. Um, and now, actually, uh, my colleague, Dr. Kevin Sabet, uh, wanted to weigh in. There was a, a really um, interesting Wall Street Journal write-up on marijuana legalization that uh, just came out the other day. And so he wanted to share a little bit of information about that. So, Kevin, why don't you take it from here? So for those of you that have uh, read my book, my last book, Smokescreen, you might remember, or you might not, uh, Chapter 12 that begins like this. Anne was a true believer. Marijuana was enmeshed in my identity, she told me during an interview for this book. After graduating with a bachelor's degree, Anne moved to Boston in 1990 and became a licensed physical therapist. In 2015, she applied for a job at a pot dispensary in a counterculture hub in the western part of the state. She wanted to become a, quote, patient service associate, better known as bud tender. That was my dream job, Anne told me. And if you see the Wall Street Journal today, fast forward a couple of years, you might have read the article uh, that came up for marijuana users, even legalization doesn't guarantee safety. And the picture they use for that is indeed Anne, uh, Anne Hassel, who's a colleague of ours. Uh, the, the caption says, Anne Hassel said her feet went numb, her muscles twitched, and she developed nausea several years ago after using marijuana and working in a dispensary. And what Stephanie Armour does at the Wall Street Journal, uh, and just got published a few hours ago, essentially talks about how even legal marijuana is contaminated. So there's this false perception that uh, you know marijuana is safe if it's regulated and it's safe in these states. The reality is uh, we're now seeing study after study showing arsenic, lead, mold causing serious, and in the words of Stephanie Armour, even life-threatening illnesses around the country as use of cannabis products explodes. And so a couple things. I think this article really kind of got out there for us. One was that um, the fact that this is a big issue, that, that marijuana, just because it's legal, is not regulated. Uh, you shouldn't think you know what you're getting, which is really one of the chief arguments of the legalization movement, that you know, at least you'll know what you're getting, they said. Uh, and you know, when, when you know, it's not, uh, the reality is that it's not. And um, people talk about um, you know, the contamination, because for marijuana, it's, it's, it's quite, it's a dirty plant. It's a very thirsty plant, and in many ways, it's a very dirty plant. It absorbs heavy metals, uh, pesticides greatly, uh, and then come fungal spores, mold, etc. cetera. Uh, and it's said that really the, the, the reality is um, people working at dispensaries are, have these health hazards. And so Anne now has come full circle. She's speaking around the country about the, about the problems and the harms. But, but what's amazing about this story is not just the fact that 
you know, it's it's countering this claim that legal regulated marijuana is safe. It's a fact that we're actually now getting a lot of mainstream coverage. And you might think, well, the journal, it's a, it's a, it's a right-wing newspaper. Um, so obviously, it's a conservative paper when compared to you know, the New York Times or the, the Washington Post. But what we're seeing is a slew of articles now, um, several in the New York Times and Washington Post, uh, there's a great writer at the Post uh, named Fennett who's been focusing on this. There's a, multiple writers at the Times who have reached out to us in the last few months. Um, an investigative reporter still working on a big article. I, I'm, I'm told about marijuana's harms, and and it's you know these stories are finally getting out. I mean, we couldn't get these stories published ten years ago, uh, even if we paid for them. <laughs> and now we're not only, of course, we we wouldn't pay for them. We don't have the money to do that, and that's not how journalism works. But the reality is, even if we had all the money in the world, um, you know, it wasn't we weren't going to get positive coverage ten years ago on these problems. Which, by the way, you know, you could make an argument. Well, did these problems just emerge? You know now, and obviously there's more of them now after legalization. But we knew we've known about a lot of these problems uh, even before legalization, and warned about them. And now we're kind of seeing, you know, this, and in, in not only people like Anne coming full circle in terms of realizing uh, what she was doing was hurting her, but journalism coming full circle, and finally now beginning to report on the harms that we've warned about. So those are the takeaways I took today from this uh, piece in the journal. You should definitely check it out if you haven't. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that, Kevin. Um, this concludes our The Drug Report podcast for today. We hope you enjoy it. Um, and please make sure you check out our websites, learnaboutsam.org, thedrugreport.org, and gooddrugpolicy.org. Um, that's where you can get all of our information, as well as you can sign up for our email lists and get the latest policy news and updates and what we're working on, whether it relates to marijuana policy or just broader drug policy. So have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.